not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And oftentimes, the most righteous thing you can do is shake the table. I'm asking you to believe, not in my ability to bring about change, but in yours. There is always light, if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. What's up, Bulls, and welcome to Lead On Podcast, a podcast designed to foster leadership development by talking to real leaders. Let's lean in and lead on. Hey, Bulls, you're here with Sarah and Kelsey. Happy Monday, and welcome back to Lead On. Today, Sarah and I are here with UB alumni, Jonathan Anguiano, Crystal Couch, Matt Tavoni, and Charles Sanders. These students took UB by storm during their four years as undergraduate students, and we are so excited to share our conversation with you. John, Crystal, Matt, Charles, thank you so much for being here. Yay, so excited to be talking to all of you today. Um, so we have just one or two questions for each of you and we'll kind of go through and um, just have some nice conversations. So uh, our first guest that's up is Matt. Um, so Matt, talk to us a little bit about um, your experiences in leadership roles, um, specifically at UB and what kind of helped you get there? Sure. So. When I was at UB, my leadership roles and experience really started my first year with Leadership House. I was able to join the LLC and build a base of, of a support group and friends that really helped to be my base to look into other leadership roles and explore what I want to do and help me get out of my shell. So that led to the Residence Hall Association, where I was able to be part of that for four years, serving on the council level, then the executive board, and up to president. And the experience as well as Leisure Pals were two really good experiences because they opened many other doors. So one thing that I learned along the leadership journey at UB was that taking on one role just leads you up into so many other roles with networking and just having those conversations and seeing what interests, as well as it helped me to find new interests and passions of my own. So serving in RHA as the president, I was able to work in the student association. Um, and there I was able to help start Blue Table, which is the food pantry which then helped me to find my passions in food justice and food insecurity. And it had to, led to me starting the Food Recovery Network, which I now currently serve as president trying to grow that. It's also led me to my new job in sustainability, working on zero waste. So really the transition from a, a shy high school student to having a leadership house to be that supporting base and getting those communities. And then again, finding all those other networks throughout the way uh, because of all of the other roles that helped me to find new opportunities was really a part of that journey that's been really helpful for me to be able to learn more about myself and grow as a person and also give me more opportunities to make an impact at UB. I love that. What are you doing now, Matt? So currently now I am in my first year of my JD MBA. Ooh. So I have four more to go, serving as a zero waste intern for sustainability, uh, president of the Food Recovery Network. I am uh, the director of professional events for the Graduate Management Association, an MBA student ambassador, and also I am part of Open Buffalo, which is a local nonprofit that focuses on social justice. I am part of the Emerging Leaders Program, learning how to become uh, more apt in social justice. So it so sounds only a couple. Of it sounds like you have a lot of free time. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> I do really like that you highlighted how getting involved can lead to so many things other than just like a potential career, but like things that you're passionate about. So 
like how you mentioned Blue Table um, and kind of learning about food injustices and um, food insecurity, I think can, it can just allow students to get a better picture of what to expect and what to do outside of just their career. So, I mean, a lot of people like are aiming to get to their career and then it's 40 hours a week, but you have all this other time during the week to spend or sometimes maybe not all this time, but you have some time to kind of put your eggs into other baskets and help out or volunteer, join different organizations. So I think starting that as a first year student um, can open a lot of doors. Absolutely. Um, so now Charles, as a student leader, it can be very challenging to maintain a balance in like your academic and professional goals and your personal life and involvement. Can you share any challenges you have you might have had and how you overcame them? Yeah, so I feel like I have had tons of experience about with this particular topic um, in my undergrad. Um, so when I joined the organizations that I was a part of, I was also part of RHA um, and when I joined those organizations, like I was having so much fun. I feel like those at the time, I felt like those were like the things that I was like born to do. Like I just really excelled in those areas. And my extracurriculars for me were like my escape from all of the, the stress of, you know, doing like the super long homework assignments, like the never ending exams and the, the super long test. I mean, the super long essays that I had to write. And so, my extracurriculars were my escape from that. Um, and I remember I just got to a point where um, my grades were slipping a lot more than I wanted them to. Um, and I just had a very candid conversation with one of my advisors, Chris Bragdon. Um, and he said, listen, um, I know you, like I've seen you and I know that like you excel in everything that you do here and all the, he's like, I'm very grateful for all the work that you put in. Um, and if you could major in RHA, then you would be a straight A student 4.0, wouldn't even be a problem. But the reality is, is that you don't like you're, you're, you come to um, college to get an education and you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars to get this education. So your main priority should be your academics. Um, and then if you like want to prioritize like RHA second, then more power to you, but you really should be focusing on your academics. I think that that was just like, a conversation that I needed to hear. It was a very difficult pill to swallow because, you know, it's just like, it, it can be a challenge to like um, admit that and work on fixing that. Um, but I very much appreciated that conversation and it just made me reorganize like the things that I prioritize and it helped me, you know, do better and finish out strong. I love that. Thanks for sharing, Charles. Um, I know a lot of the times we talk to some first year students, especially if that's the population we tend to work with a lot. Um, and they're all nervous. They're like, how do I prioritize? What do I do? How do I find that balance? And it's really tough. And I think it's something that um, is very personal. And so people can kind of figure it out. You know, like me, I figured it out in graduate school. So, if, you know, maybe seven years after I started undergrad, like it, it takes a while. Um, but I I do remember kind of watching you as you started to figure that out and really, you know, learn how to prioritize things, but still make time for yourself and then still make time for things that just gave you so much joy. Um, so thank you for sharing it and having, um, giving that advice, having a conversation. I think that's a really good point, Charles. And I also think that as we're talking about friendships and our support groups, it's really important to have a good support group help you prioritize. I know 
because uh, I lived with Charles for three years, and our sophomore junior, he would sit me down and make a list of all of my priorities, and then he would tell me which ones are like my top seven, and we like cross out all the ones below. Um, so having someone to really make sure that you're checking in on yourself and not taking on more than you can and having the outside perspective is really beneficial as well in that experience. Yeah. Also a group of friends like these. <laughs> I love it. Um, so jumping to Crystal next, um, Crystal, talk to us about um, what motivated you to pursue a career in higher education. And when you face those challenging days, like we, I know we all have, um, how do you remind yourself of those motivators? Yeah, so I originally did not want to go into higher ed. Um, I wanted to continue my education in um, history and get my doctorate in history to be able to teach um, at a university. And that was kind of my first tell, tall tell sign was that I wanted to stay in a university setting. Um, the more involved I got, the more that I knew I wanted to stay within the realm of a university, so hence higher education. Uh, but one of my real big motivators to this day um, is inclusive diversity and creating representation for students, um, especially the representation that I didn't have going through not only my undergrad, um, but through high school and middle school. Being an Asian American woman, I didn't have a lot of that representation. Uh, being biracial, I didn't have any representation whatsoever. Um, so knowing that I could be that representation for the next generation of students is something that's really important for me. Um, and, you know, I have a lot of challenging days, uh, not only being in grad school, but working at a new large research university. Um, and what really gets me through those days is knowing that I am been given a really special opportunity to help underrepresented um, women and gender minoritized students have the opportunity to travel abroad. Um, so getting to work with students and getting to hear students tell me that they're so thankful for what I do and they're happy that I am doing something to help women and gender minoritized students, um, getting that validation every so often is what really motivates me to continue getting my education and, and going into this field. That was beautiful. Um, and like, I really appreciate hearing all of, like, your motivation. And I think it's really important to note too that challenging days are inevitable. And so it's important to have those motivators and to remind yourself of them um, because it can be really hard sometimes to like pull yourself up if you just had a bad day or something happened at work or in class or you didn't get the grade you wanted. Um, that can be hard and you just have to like feel that, but then also know like this is what I'm fighting for. Um, so I really appreciate your perspective on that, Crystal. So last but not least, um, John is now on the stage. Um, can you talk to us about how you view your leadership style and how do you engage in development of your own leadership style? Right, thanks, that's a great question. Um, so at first, honestly, throughout high school, I really didn't do as much as um, my friend group here, how involved they were in high school. I don't know how I really got into a leadership house or like a leadership focused um, living learning community as I honestly don't really qualify, uh, clarify myself as a leader, especially in high school. Didn't really do much, wasn't really heavily involved in clubs or even anything like stayed after school. Usually my senior year, 
I stacked my free periods, left early at 12 o'clock. Like, that's the type of person I was. I just went home. So when I got into Leadership House and I started being surrounded by all of these um, different types of um, quote-unquote leaders who were still honestly learning and developing themselves, um, it was a shock and it was very um, good to have that energy around you to really understand what you went through. So I think Leadership House was where I really learned the fundamentals of leadership and the theories behind it back then didn't really care for the theories if I'm going to be honest here. But now looking back in my master's program in higher education, it's beneficial. I literally just did, and it was funny that you asked me this question because for my research methods class, I conducted a qualitative assessment study on two of my peers about leadership styles and beliefs oh, cool. and how they went through that. So it was so funny how I got this question. <laughs> yep. So when I went through that, um, I had to like touch base a little bit right now, um, earlier before this to really understand the styles. And when I look back at it and when I interview people, they always brought up servant leadership. And when I think about that, I think of more of a, for my personal style that has evolved throughout time, um, definitely more servant now, but also maybe transformational and even maybe a little visionary in there as I really want to bring forth ideas and bring forth those changes and push the envelope between people. So I think that's my style at the moment, but it's ever changing. Um, one of a great quote that um, one of the interviewees that I interviewed for was telling that leadership is not binary. Mm -hmm. It was really just fluid, it's ever changing and you're going through it. So I think that's what it is. So if you're worried that you're not finding your leadership at the moment, but you're really struggling to understand it, don't worry takes time it really does and you'll find it throughout communication is probably the biggest key with leadership i just want to take like the opportunity to like gas john up a little bit because to be quite honest with you um when i walked into leadership process the first year i had this bias against most men um and i just felt like a lot of men in leadership roles were like in my view at the time was like were very aggressive um and very like you know they took up a lot of space in the room and like they were very like very dictatorish but i think um john changed my perspective a lot in that because he is not the type of person to like to like be the person to be like right, this is exactly how we're gonna do this he wasn't the loudest in the room like he was very um like your active listening skills were like honestly like kind of out of this world and you were you never ever seemed aggressive to me like you were always like very approachable very like easy to talk to um but you did have like that level of like command and where like if you needed to be like the leader that was making the decision in the group you very much could like snap into that role really fast so um thank you for diminishing that bias that i had <laughs> we love versatile leaders this is good <laughs> yeah i really like um what you just said about too about like leadership being um, non-binary just because it can look a lot like very different and to Charles point too, like leaders look very different and I think when you all started under at UB four years ago leaders looked a lot different just be based on our world and um, we're seeing more change in that and the idea that the leader doesn't have to be the loudest in the room and the leader is not the loudest in the room and um there's a bunch of different types of leaders that are being um, more like sought out to be or looked up upon. But um, 
something that I think is really cool about this group um, is just your friendship. And I know Sarah and I have loved watching your friendship and Sarah has seen your friendship since the beginning, day one, Leadership House. Um, so how has your friendship been important to your own success as leaders? Start with as you, I Matt. Oh. As I mentioned earlier, our friendship has been really the base that I need to get new challenges. And I think it's allowed us to try new things and really explore and push our limits. A handful of our roles we did as a group, such as hosting a conference together. And now like after going through that process, I know it wouldn't have been the same if we didn't all have each other to be the support and understand each other and support each other along the way. So it's been great to have those support groups so we can take on those new roles and challenges and really push each other to the, the next limits of our, our growth of leadership. Yeah, I definitely echo that. I, one thing that I really appreciated about like our friendship was the fact that um, I it's very hard for me to advocate for myself. I don't like asking for help, uh, but I knew that like y'all were there. Like whenever you saw me struggling, like you didn't wait for me to ask for help. You were just like, hey, like I know you're struggling. Like let's talk this through. Let's unpack this. Like what's going on right now? Because it's really hard for me to talk about my feelings, and it's really hard for me to admit when I'm struggling because I see that as like failure. But when when in reality it's not. Um, it's just something that I have to work through. So I was just like really grateful that like I never had to speak up. Like y'all could just tell it was like an intuition kind of thing. I think the really nice thing was that we always was like we'd always be there for each other and we always understood how busy we were but we would always make time for each other so like kind of going off what Matt was saying like we did a lot of our positions and our opportunities together and I think that made it far more enjoyable but I think the other really awesome thing was that we could split off and do our own things and no matter what we decided to do we would support each other so like <laughs> My sophomore year, I was um, on the OSU e-board with John, and Charles had actually become an OSU member, and he, he would come to, like, all of our events. I would, if we needed, like, numbers, I would text Charles and be like, can you, like, walk from Griner here to the <laughs> union because, like, we need numbers, and he would, like, just trudge in with his DJs and be like, I'm here. Normally, I'd have to entice with, like, food, but he'd be there, and Matt would always be there for, like, performances like he'd always be at international fiesta and he'd always be at like night market no matter how busy we were we were always there for each other and i think the beautiful thing is a lot of us did things we would not have thought we would do i never thought i'd be involved with rha in my senior year and do a virtual conference and if it wasn't for matt and charles like i wouldn't have had that experience in that position so i think that's something that was really core to our friendship and really allowed us to do a lot of different things yeah, I agree with everything everyone's saying. I think one of my main things that I really love about having a group like this and that if anybody could also have a group are like similar is just having a, an outlet to really give any grievances that you have, give any like um, venting, any advice, really bouncing off ideas because we're all similar in our thought process, but extremely different how we approach things. So really having that creative differences really helps out with anything that like Let's say Matt has something for our RHA, he'll always ask us, always ask Charles, and that's his roommate, but always bring it out into a group chat or bring it out and we'll just discuss and really like add a tear down or bring it up depending on how sound it really is. And same thing for Charles and Crystal, whatever they had going. And I think that's really what made our 
friendship strong and really what can work for like any friendships really to be able to have that outlet of venting of grievances of really sharing ideas of really understanding each other and because you just you just form a deeper bond between each other through that and also understand how what's important to each other but i think that's really what helped out in this friendship and really was able to get into my leadership because honestly i don't think i would have been involved in anything if i wasn't surrounded by these folks here so yeah Yeah, I think going off of what John was saying real quick is like, you know, our friendship allowed us to be really critical of each other in a constructive way. Like we had gotten to the point where we could be like, you need to stop doing things because you're going to burn yourself out. Or we'd be like, that's not a smart idea because you need to like rethink this or, you know, this program's not going to work. We've seen it not work. Let's help each other brainstorm something new. So to get to that point where we could really be critical of each other and and help each other kind of grow and develop and move mm -hmm. forward was something that I think also was really essential in our, our friendship as well. Yeah, I think that's the great thing about college too, is just because you're with these people for four straight years, um, like nonstop. And so when you have that support and that growth and like what you just said, Crystal, of like being able to like say to a friend, like, hey, I think you're kind of like, your plate's a, a little packed right now. Like maybe like, like let's step back. Then like once you graduate and you step away from each other because of wherever you took jobs or grad school or whatever the case may be, then you're able to kind of help your own self and be like, hmm, what would Crystal say? Or would Charles support this decision? Like, does he think this is a good idea? Um, and having that mindset to kind of just continue to help with your growth process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to take a second to kind of gas all of you up here. Um, I know that I got to, I had the pleasure of getting to start out with all of you. So your first day of college was my first day of grad school. Um, and so I felt like we kind of had, you know, just some fun in those few years that I was uh, learning and, and only mildly freaking out on occasion. Um, but I do have to say, watching the four of you kind of walk in that door the first day at Leaders Cross Orientation and look around the room and just be like, there was a lot of like scared faces, confused faces, excited faces. Um, but a lot of learning that happened that first year that I was lucky enough to, you know, kind of partake in with all of you. Seeing all of you still be friends, be such good friends, but also be as successful as you are, like literally brings tears to my eyes. Um, I'm so proud of each and every one of you for doing what you've done and just being um, so awesome and being such great student leaders. And as we've heard in some of the um, things you've talked about, some of the questions that you've answered for us, um, your motivators, the way that you view your leadership style, um, the way that you've overcome challenges and the way that you still maintain involvement is just absolutely incredible. Um, and so I know a lot of the times our students come to us and they say like, I want to be at the end goal right now. And, you know, yes, it takes time. Um, but that time is so important. It's important to learn and grow during that time. It's important to make friends. It's important to, you know, have success, but it's also important to find support. And I think all of you did that um, so beautifully. And so I, you know, we'll get into this in the next question, but uh, if I could talk to your younger selves from, you know, four-ish years ago, I'd love to say how, um, how amazing and how successful you are now. So for all of our students that are listening, uh, you'll get there eventually. It will take time. You'll be okay. Um, but on that note, we do love to close all of our episodes um, with some type of advice. So if you could give advice to your younger self, what would it be? 
I think I would, I was very shy and nervous uh, coming to college and before college until I was able to have a friend group to really support me and push me. So I was often afraid to do things. So I think I would tell my younger self to just try it. And it's not as scary as it thinks and to say yes to those opportunities because I probably missed out on things that I really wanted to do because I was just too nervous to do it. Um, but I was good enough to have a group of people to support me in college to actually take on those opportunities and take those risks. Um, I would say the one piece of advice I would give to my younger self is to just don't be afraid to be you and like the things that you like. I feel like a lot of my struggles when I was an undergrad came from the fact that um, I always was self-conscious about, you know, just like enjoying the things that I liked and like, you know, just expressing myself the way I wanted to express myself um, because I was so worried about like what the public opinion was going to be. And so I would tell my younger self, um, the things that you like are valid. The the way you would like to express yourself and the way you like to walk and talk and like make jokes, like the, every like all that is okay. Just like be comfortable being you because um, your life just gets so much better once you start enjoying that aspect. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot. I'd like to just like grab my younger self by the shoulders and like shake into her head. Like it's fine. Um, but I think one of the big things I would say is like embrace the unknown and the unexpected. I was definitely someone who thought I had to have it all together and all thought out day, day zero before I even stepped foot onto campus at UB. Um, I would have never imagined that I'd have moved to another city, be here in Pittsburgh, um, and have gone to graduate school for higher ed. Kind of like what I talked about before, I didn't even want to go into higher ed. Um, so embracing that unknown and willingness to take whatever life throws at you and make it into something that you want it to be. I think if I had to tell you John something, it's probably just to don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid of challenges. Go ahead and do it. Go do whatever you don't. So, so really hold yourself back. Bring it out. Bring you, you're out. And just be you. Like, I think that's just one of my strongest suits is that I really don't filter myself. And I think if my younger self could have done that from the beginning, I think, I don't know what other um, opportunities could have come about, other things that I could have learned and other um, growth that I couldn't encounter during my four years at undergrad. So I think that would probably be the biggest aspect and to really be open-minded. Um, I think in my culture specifically, and just like growing up, sometimes you're taught in a younger age to, this is how things are. So staying open-minded right from the bat, I think you'll be able to accept things as they come and really be open to anything that hits you. Paul, absolutely fantastic advice. Um, thank you all so much for sharing. Um, I think this is kind of a, a broader theme that we see here. Um, we've noticed that in a lot of our, our conversations, a lot of our episodes, we talk a lot about authentic leadership. Um, but I think that's something that the four of you truly embody is just absolute authentic leadership. You are supportive, you are kind, but you're also very much yourselves, um, very much living in your own personalities. And it's awesome um, because I think that's what's made you so successful today. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, Kelsey, do you have any parting words? No, I just, like I said, like I've known you all for a year and just seeing your friendship like in the past year even grow 
um, from what it was September last year till now is just amazing. And I think I just want the listeners to know that like, find your support system, whoever it might be, and like, be vulnerable and like, be your true self because people will love you and people will help you grow and become this great leader that y'all are meant to be. (laughs) Love it. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today and for providing us with such great stories and such great advice. Um, I know our listeners are going to be very eager to um, kind of put all of this in action, hopefully for themselves. Um, So thanks again for joining us and we'll uh, touch base soon. Thanks everyone. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Lead On. We hope you join us next week to discover more secrets of great leadership. In the meantime, lean in and lead on.